Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. Anchor gives you everything you need in one place for free, which you can use right from your phone or the comfort from your own computer or laptop. Create tools allow you to record and edit your podcast so it sounds great. They're distributing your podcast for you so it can be heard everywhere. Do spoof, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many more. You can easily make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Mandatory calls to action. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Thank you. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Who is Remarkable? So for the next 31 days, you'll be hearing about what Remarkable is getting ready to say. Tonight, I'm going to introduce myself. My name is Latricia Johnson, the founder of On Time Ministry, the True Salt 21000, and the Love Ministry. I'm getting ready to play a song for you all right now on this podcast. So enjoy. Oh, ready to
to stream live on YouTube as well as my main page on Facebook. Tonight it's about who is remarkable and who is remarkable will be shared on my main page as well as my YouTube channel for those to tune in and stream in. Trying to get some more followers on YouTube and really trying to branch out this particular month. Happy March everybody for those who tune into my Anchor podcast. I'm getting ready to go ahead and launch it on Facebook now and kind of talk to my audience only a little bit earlier today since I got a little, since I got some time to get it together. So let me go ahead and get started over here. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Who is Remarkable. My name is Latricia Johnson, the founder of On Time Ministry, the Two Saw Two One Thousand, and the Love Ministry. Many of you have been waiting to hear this story and hear what I have to say about myself and the things and obstacles and challenges that I have been faced in my life. So, most of you know me from uh, Facebook, uh, facilitating for Bridges Everywhere Beach Facebook page back in 2015 and departed in 2020. Many of you know me through ministry or just finding me on IG, YouTube, uh, Facebook, and just connecting with me. I am a mother of three, happily married, um, and what made me get into ministry was a dear friend of mine encouraged me to um, continue to inspire people, continue to do the broadcasts on my main page because I was doing it on another platform. 
and it really was kind of irritating people. So I was encouraged to go and pursue it even further. It kind of started off real small and it kind of started off real minor and then it just grew over the years. I learned a lot about being more confident about being on camera. I learned about not doing so many audio broadcasts but actually showing my face on camera and not be ashamed to talk to people and be ashamed to really have people really watch me and be inspired by what the things I was pouring out to them. And truth be told, when I first started doing that, I was completely nervous. I was completely sabotaged. I was completely mind blown that I was able to stand in front of a camera and sit down and talk to people from all walks in life. And and at the same time, was scared, but at the same time, I got comfortable doing it. And as the more I kept going on, the more people kept empowering me, and the more people kept inspiring me to keep going, I kept going. And I can tell you this, being on social media can be challenging, especially when you don't know the artist you are about to uh, endure or the audience you are about to come in contact with because you never met them face to face. So many people I have known since doing this and not even meeting them face to face that really inspires me to know that i've touched so many people's lives i've touched people in all different aspects i give them motivation and encouragement and when i have that moment to just sit back and reflect on how many broadcasts that i have done in the last three years my goodness my goodness my goodness i'm proud of myself i'm truly proud of myself because i started off small I started off just doing audio Facebook lives. Then it went a little bit higher. Then I started branching on to just showing my face on Facebook. Then I learned to embrace in a different element of streaming on YouTube. Then I took a whole new life and went to Anchor Podcast. I took this platform to a whole nother level. I took this platform to a place that I didn't expect it to even go. And most of them like remarkable. What keeps you motivated? What keeps you grounded? What keeps you going? What keeps you getting up every day being this? It is hard being remarkable queen of inspiration. It is challenging. I have been hit with blows and challenges and blows and more challenges day in and day out. It's a struggle being me. In the beginning, when I first started off doing this, see I'm going back and forth, but I want you to kind of catch what I'm saying. When in the beginning, when I first started it, I wasn't getting many views or many people wasn't really tuning in or the things that I was saying was kind of making people kind of confused or feel like, oh man, I don't know what Remarkable is talking about. What is her topic? I went at different levels on this uh, this area. Did I lose quite a few people along the way? Of course I did. I disturbed their spirits. I made them upset. I made them to question who I am. They start having hidden agendas or interior motives about me. They start thinking things that they didn't think that, oh, Latricia would do this or do that and switch from one platform and doing this type of work to something they don't know who I am. That bothered them and made them kind of think like, dog, who is this woman? What? Why did she transform like this? Let's go back. Before I even got started with ministry, I was in advertising. I was advertising. And advertising kind of gave me my big break. Let me go back a little further. Most of you who have seen me on action don't even realize that God placed something in my heart this 
at this particular moment, the second time, when I was at a church that me and my family was attending to some years back. And God asked me to stand before, stand before people. And keep in mind, never been a public speaker person, but every time I've grown how to learn how to be more of a public speaking person. Scared as all die, outdoors questioning God, like, Lord, why am I doing this? Why, why are you using me? To go and speak this word over your people. And I didn't quite understand what that looked like for me. And this is before I started being on Facebook. God had called me to ministry way before I started advertising. He called me to it. And I knew then something was quite different about me. And something was happening inside of me. I was hearing God's voice. He was speaking to me. He was giving me things to prophesy and give people and speak a word of it. Like it was creeping people out and it was scaring me at the same time because I didn't know what was happening to me. Keep in mind, I got saved some years back. So when I got saved the first time, I felt the transformation happening then. But then when I start prophesizing and start learning things and start hearing God's voice and he's telling me things and showing me visions that really scared me because I didn't, I didn't think I was normal. Ladies and gentlemen, I thought something was really wrong with me, but then I got connected with people who are of that being that understand that God will use you to be a vessel. He will use you to be the mouthpiece to the throne. He will use you. There's nothing wrong with you. You just have to get used to it. And it's a scary thing to get used to because people look at you a different way. They look at you as a crazy man or a crazy woman. Oh, she don't know what she's talking about. He don't know what he's talking about. And that makes you feel some type of way a lot of times. That makes you feel like dog. And make you scratch your head like, man, Lord, like, really? And then all of a sudden it does come to pass. And then people look at you like, dog, she was right. And a lot of times I've been right about the prophecies that I have issued out. I don't get on social media or Facebook and prophesize to anybody on here because I am refrained from doing that. It is done and proceeded at the proper time. That part. I don't get here and say, you're going to get this, you're going to get that. That's not how I operate. If God give me a word to give to somebody, I'm going to give it to them. I'm not going to sit here and say this and that and the third. I'm not a fake prophet. I am a real prophet. I'm a, I'm, I'm a real prophet and God has provided those things inside of me. The teaching mechanism. All of these things. And how I get to this place now, he gave me the opportunity to advertise. He gave me the opportunity to put myself out there. He, gave, he used somebody who was a woman of God to just put me out there. And that drew me back to ministry. That drew me back to talking to people. That drew me back to inspiring people. That drew me back to encouraging people. It did that for so many different reasons. Because one, God saw me as this amazing and beautiful being. Two, God wanted great things to come out of me. Was I scared and afraid? Of course I was. I was very terrified. Because I can see the people were not really abhorred by what I was saying or supportive and it bothered me I used to listen to a lady uh Christy the Christy show and every time I felt like I was at that place in my life where I was about to throw in the towel throw away the key and not want to continue that message came into full effect saying remarkable don't give up on your dreams don't give up on your goals no matter how many views you get no matter how many likes you get Keep moving, keep pressing, keep going on, and don't give up. 
and it brought tears to my eyes because I knew deep down inside that 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 is what I was called to do, minister to God's people. And ever since then, I've been on that path. And I've been having those up and down roller coasters where I get hit below the belt. Or I'll get tucked up under there if somebody offended me. Or something that happened in my own personal life that stopped me from broadcasting or preaching and teaching the word of God. Because the devil didn't risk his spirit and presence over me that tried to take me out. A lot of times... When you don't see me on social media, I'm going through something. I'm weak and I need spiritual beings to encourage me, empower me, and bring me back to a bring me back to a position where I need to go. There was a season that Remarkable went through grief, went through therapy, went through counseling, went through depression, anxiety, all of those different aspects. I struggled with that. On and on and on and on and on. And it was absolutely mind-blowing. There was a season in my life that I didn't want to minister no more. I didn't want to empower people no more. I wanted to throw in the towel, throw away the key, and shut the door and go on back to do what I was doing. Going back technology this. Going back belittering myself. Going back to a place that, that I felt that was comfortable. But someone was sent to me. To remind me that is not what God wants you to do. So I really had to get myself together and get my mind together and really understand this is what God wants me to do. He wants me to help teach, preach the word of God and be the person that he calls me to be. It is a very challenging lifestyle. It's very challenging, very difficult, and very stressful at times. But I have learned how to find self-help, self-worth, a community of people to support me in that journey. Who is Remarkable is going to give you different layers of who I am in this whole 31 days for those who will be tuning in for the next 31 days. This story gets deeper than that. It gets deeper than that, ladies and gentlemen. This is just a little bit... But as I go on, as the days go on, everybody, it's going to get a little bit more darker and cloudier. But at the same time, it's going to inspire you to be a better version of you by hearing my story. Ladies and gentlemen, I have amazing kids, smart kids. They struggle day in and day out. Spouse struggle day in and day out. The family has a lot of things that need to be corrected. I'm honest about mine, and I know there's a problem, and it has to be fixed. I pray every day, God fix this family. God fix me. God, open my eyes and my ears to, to let me tune into what you want me to do. I have voiced my opinion in a number of occasions in a lot of situations in my family. And, um... It's been very painful and hurtful to talk about. But at the same time, I feel free when I release the emotions and anger and frustration that I feel. This is not being this is not easy being on this platform, ladies and gentlemen. When you have personal things going on in your family. When you got you being pulled this way and pulled that way. Being a strong person is not easy. Being a strong person is very difficult and very challenging. I'll tell you why. Because people always expect you to always be on point. 
They expect you to always have it all together. Let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. Strong people going to cry when the cameras go off. Hey, hello, somebody. Hello, somebody. Strong people going to have a major meltdown when social media is off. Hello, somebody. Strong people going to cry in the midnight hour. Hello, somebody. Strong people are going to break down, fall apart, and deteriorate into pieces when the cameras go off, when social media go off, when no cameras and nobody's watching. We fall apart. We fall completely apart and have a major meltdown and get on our knees now. And get on our knees and say, God, give me the strength. God, help me through this. And I have been accountable for that in my own life. The last two weeks of Remarkable Life has been challenging. It has been scary. It has been absolutely absurd. The battles and things that I have faced have really made me question some things in my life. Because I'm human and I'm guilty of. I come to tell you that even Remarkable has moments where she breaks down, when she wants somebody to call and check up on her. I've had those moments. I've had it recently, and I continue to have episodes like that. Never think a strong person is okay until you pick up the phone, text them, and ask them how they're doing. Never assume that a strong person has it all together until you pick up the phone and call them and text them and ask them how they're doing. When you ask them how they're doing, you really understand truly what's really going on with them. Simply because, one, we keep a lot of stuff inside because we feel like people don't care. Pay attention. We learn how to battle these things out because we feel like the world don't want to hear it. People can watch me on video or hear my anchor podcast or watch me on Instagram. It's like, dang, she got it together, baby. Fellas, ladies, this is hard work behind the scenes. This is not an easy job over here. I put in the work. It's challenging every day. I have to get up and spend 30 minutes, 30 minutes every morning, hopefully, and spend time talking to God, praying, reading the Bible, having meditational time. I need that. I've learned different techniques in the season in our life that I'm in right now. I've learned that the beach is very therapeutical. Keep in mind, I was never a fan of the beach until now. The park, walking, all those different things have been very beneficial to me because it helps me cleanse out of the toxics that has been polluted on me. When you're around different spirits and different things around you, you forget who you are because you're trying to fight to keep yourself together. You're trying to fight to keep this situation together. You get mentally and spiritually and emotionally drained simply by fighting every day. And that's what I do every day. I fight. I fight every day for what I want. I fight for everything that I need. I fight. I fight with the word of God. I pray so hard every day about every situation that happens in my life. Every situation. Some situations are so difficult that I say, Lord, I give it to you. Because I can't handle it. It is too much for me to carry. Don't look, oh, she's a strong woman, this and that and the third. No. 
Listen up, and I'm being honest with you. It's hard over here being me. This is not an easy job. Remarkable is what I am, but there is a cost for this name. And it's called fight. More fight. Sleepless nights. Bags under the eyes. Lots of gray hair. Tons of stress. Tension out of this world. And a whole bunch of stuff that builds up that needs to be released. I carry heavy weights. I carry heavy things. Remarkable is a name for me because I can get it done. Okay? And I have survived so many storms in my life from people walking out of me, people disrespecting me, people betraying me, people lying on me, people talking about me, people saying all of these things behind my back. But guess what? That build me and strengthen my muscles more and more. So when somebody comes in my area, or I should say my parental view, and say something to offend me, do I get cut a little bit? Of course I do. But it don't penetrate as hard as it done before. Because it used to get so bad that I will wallow up in a fetal position and cry like a baby. Because it's that bad. It's that bad that I let little words and little things shake me from being what I'm called to be. And it shook me so bad. It hurt. It penetrates something in my heart. And I've experienced that last year. And I had to come to the conclusion. If I don't release the things that I have been dealing with and facing, I'm going to end up somewhere I don't want to be. And that's called six feet under. And I'll be dog that I'll let anybody or anybody put me in the grave before it's my time. People will do things and say things to put you somewhere you don't need to be. I had to learn to uh, loose myself, detach myself, deconnect myself, and be around people that really want to nourish me and really want to see the next best thing out of me. Being creative, being multitasked, it comes with a cost, ladies and gentlemen. This is a hard position. And most said, you are so strong because I have to pray every day to God to give me strength to deal with whatever I have to deal with every day I get out of my bed. Ladies and gentlemen, being who Remarkable is, it is not an easy road. It is not an easy fix. It is absolutely mind-blowing. I come to tell you this. I still have a lot of things I'm trying to move forward with. I'm still trying to move forward in this platform. I'm still trying to move forward in a lot of obstacles that I still struggle with. I am learning so much every day. Something new every day that I didn't learn. There was a time that Remarkable would get so offended if somebody didn't like her post. Or somebody didn't comment on it. Or somebody didn't share her content. I've learned over the course of these years to see, act, and not respond in that matter. I'm going to say that again. Seek, act, but not respond. When I mean act, 
I act on the people who support me. I go into their platform and support them because they do the same for me. They show me love. They show me gratitude. They appreciate me. They appreciate who I'm becoming and where I'm going. They give me compliments. They give me advice. They give me ideas. They give me things to help me be a better version each and every day. I've taken workshops. I've gotten connected with people I've never met face to face. This is some uncomfortable thing that I have been doing in the last few years and I did this because I didn't want to keep being in that mindset of that I can't do it or I'm not going to be anywhere or I'm going to stay in that same place today I'm making a sacrifice to get on here and talk to everybody on YouTube Facebook and my anchor podcast you couldn't catch me about two or three years ago going up on here doing this I've did it before in years past but I really couldn't look at the camera like I am right now That means I really have grown from a whole different person I was some years ago to the woman I am right now. So right now, ladies and gentlemen, those who tune on YouTube, Facebook, as well as um, listening or will be listening to my Anchor podcast, I'm getting ready to show a video that I put on my YouTube channel. If you have not been on my YouTube channel, it's On Time Ministry. You can subscribe to it. I'm going to do a lot more content and I'm getting ready to turn my camera to this way and let you look at this nine minute video and hopefully the volume is very good so you can tune in so give me a minute to make this screen bigger and i'm gonna go ahead and slide this this way make this bigger for everybody so you can tune in Enjoy the moment. And that's what I've been doing for the last few days since I've been off the grid. I've been enjoying the moment. Um, I spent a lot of time watching movies and doing a lot of self care, so all of that. And making time for Trisha. I have to understand that I, I need that time for myself. I can't be superhero all the time. And I can't be Wonder Woman all the time. I gotta slow down and take care of Trisha. Because Trisha, man. For those who've been contacting me and reaching out to me by B text, phone, postcards, it's been very helpful. You know, it's different now that every broadcast and every message that I've done for the last three years is um it's different. And when I mean different, there's a missing piece into the puzzle of my life. I wake up every 
know she's no longer here. I didn't go to that place and accept it. It just has a different feel. It has a different um, vibe here. For, for years, it was very intense, very stressful, very painful, very hurtful. But now that it all had come to a, to a wrap, I had to start taking care of me and I started having health problems. And see how strange that falls is like, I am having health issues. Nothing serious, but it was for me to go through what I went through. Grieving some car accident. I had something wrong, I had to go get tested, breast examination, stomach problems. All of these different elements happened in my body. I've been through so much this year. I think I spent a couple of times in the hospital this year for myself and back and forth to my daughter's appointments, specialist. And I got another doctor's appointment <sighs> tomorrow, and then I go to see the stomach doctor. I really had to change the way I eat because this last episode really took a toll on me. It really knocked me below the belt. Um, it really just showed me that I better take care of Trisha because at the end of the day, it matters about what I do for myself internally. I can't worry about everybody every second of the hour because if I worry about it, I would make myself sick. I gotta relax, I gotta breathe, I gotta take care of Trisha and make sure Trisha good. And that's really important and that's what I've learned. Cause for the last few months, I didn't sleep in the afternoon. Last few months, I just kept running, 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 running. I kept running from my problems. I kept running from the pain. I didn't want to slow down, but I had to slow down when I got sick. And even then when I got sick, I was hungry.
survive because I knew there was a higher power watching down on me, pressing me to go forward and stop looking back. I survived because God kept me in the palm of his hand and tried to get me to understand what I needed to perform in life. I can't keep looking back. I got to move forward. Yes, I suffered a loss, but I can always remember and reflect what I have learned from this wonderful woman of God, from all Alright everybody, I'm going to take a quick break, I'll be right back. look at that video again it just brings tears to my eyes to know that all the pain and suffering that I have experienced 
And as you watch this video, you can see the things that I have struggled with and things that I have dealt with and things that kind of just really drove me in different areas. Most of you know I lost my mom last year. Through she died from metastatic breast cancer. And that right there changed my whole perspective of living. She was diagnosed with uh, breast cancer back in 2016. She had dementia. She had um, kidney failure. She was struggling really bad. And I am struggling to talk about this part of it, but I want to share this tonight and get a little bit more deeper in it. To see your mom be the most strongest woman in the world and start to deteriorate over time. That is the most painful and hurtful thing that anybody can ever see go on with their loved one. And I saw that with my mom. I saw it. With her not being able to comprehend properly or understand certain things. To just suffer. Suffer. And I go back and think about all the times that she yelled and screamed and cried out. But when you have dementia, it's kind of hard for you to verbalize how you really feel. Because your mind is not in one accord and on a sound. Because you're not thinking normally like a normal person. And... To see her go through these different stages time and time again, it really just triggered something inside of me. And it hurt me every single day when she was alive that she suffered so bad going to the doctors, not be able to wash and take care of herself. My dad did so much for all those years being her caregiver, and I took in the weight. The family and everything else did their part too. Mostly it was on my dad, and then I filled in. But to see my mom just suffer so badly and struggle, that hurt still repays in my mind time and time again to see that, to witness that. And what hurts me so bad to know that when you can't verbally say what you need to say or express your point of view, you feel helpless. I knew she had a lot of things going on, but to see her in her last days, I saw the facial expression of her change. Her face wasn't the same. She wasn't eating right. There was something wrong. Her blood count levels kept going up and down. The cancer really was really weighing down on her. And really taking a grave toll on her mentally and spiritually. I can remember the morning we had to get the ambulance in here. And um, get out of here because she passed out. Um, that was the most challenging and the most painful Sunday I can ever imagine. So she spent about three or four days in the hospital. Then she came back home. Then she ended up going back to the hospital again. And um, she ended up falling out out there, and the people had to rush from the, from the ambulance and pick her up and put her in the stretcher. That's when they found out she had 
stage four metastatic breast cancer where it spread in other parts of her body. And she spent time, spent her time alone because of COVID. And we as family couldn't go and see her because um, we weren't allowed to. And to know that happened and it's really um, painful and stressful to think about. Sorry about I had family members coming in so I had to kind of tape it off. So back to what I was saying. She ended up going back to the hospital. She had been diagnosed with metastatic breast cancer. Keep in mind she had breast cancer back in 2016. And to find out that it spread. And never did I remind myself that she hadn't had an OBGYN in years. Never would have thought about look going to the gynecologist. Nobody ever would have thought that going to the gynecologist. And that bothered me. And that haunted me like I saved her the first time. But I didn't save her the second time. And I wish I would have knew what the problem was. But it wasn't for me to save her again. It was for her to finally get ready to transform and depart from this family. And to know that she suffered so much. She's no longer any she is no longer in pain anymore. She is no longer crying and weeping and hurting and trying to figure out how to say the right things. This is painful, y'all. But I'm in a better place than I am. She's been gone seven months. Okay? She's been gone seven months. You couldn't catch me in the early part of the stage of the grieving process because I couldn't come on here and talk to nobody about this. So as the days went on, I spent the last days just embracing her, just loving on her, just being the daughter that she always claimed to love. And she always loved me. And she thought so very dearly of me, being her baby girl. Okay? And to sit there and watch her cry, knowing she is about to leave us, that is the most painful thing that anybody can ever experience in their life holding her hand listening to songs that she listened to over the years and just her reminiscing and basically saying goodbye basically saying goodbye couldn't even speak couldn't say a word she only said one thing and the whole time she came back the last time she came back from the hospital is talking about I want food she couldn't say baby girl I love you baby girl I appreciate you that hurt like hell to not hear her visualize it but I knew deep down inside she 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 does and she did and she loved so very hard what a sweet soul so as the days progressed the pain intensified they ended up putting her on morphine we had to give her morphine for pain my god and that Saturday, that Friday, she wasn't eating. And we knew then she was getting ready to go home and be with the Lord. So my daddy was in here with her most of the day Saturday. Didn't go anywhere. Stayed in there with her. Stayed right by her side. So then Sunday morning, 
my daddy woke my husband up, told him to come in and say my mama gone. And I told my husband, because I was scared and terrified. I was terrified that she was already dead. And I felt it in the pit of my stomach that she was gone. And to see your mama lay there lifeless, that's going to haunt me for the rest of my life. That is going to haunt me for the rest of my life. And to watch the people from the mortuary, funeral home, come in about 3 or 4 o'clock. Bring a scratch. Keep in mind they couldn't really come in because of the size of her weight. So they really had to struggle to get her out of here and put a body on a, on a, on a um, stretcher. I couldn't even face it. I couldn't even say goodbye. I couldn't just, I couldn't do it. And that image plays in my head over and over and over again. That they dragged my mama out on the stretcher in her favorite nightgown. In her favorite nightgown. And put her in there. Had trouble trying to get inside of the hearse. But they put it in there. And drove off. Knowing. Me and my mama was close. But to know. That I can't never hold her. I can never hug her. I can't give her her flowers. I can't say good morning sunshine. I can't say those things to her physically, but I can say it to her spiritually. Everybody, for you that still have a mama, I encourage you to love your mamas. Appreciate your mamas. Give them their flowers, their gifts, their presents, and all of that. Because you never know when it's their time to go. you They may get on your nerves. They may get upset and say things out of content. But I'm telling you. When they're gone, they're gone. And it is a pain and a hurt that you don't want to experience. And you don't want to experience that. Anytime soon. Okay? Keep in mind. After she passed, we had to rush to the funeral home. And to rush through the funeral home, because the lady had to go on vacation, so she's trying to rush the whole procedure to get it done. We had to get the insurance people and all this stuff involved. It was a headache. We grieving. Mama just died Sunday. We had to go to our funeral home on a freaking Sunday, on a freaking Monday. Trying to plan something. Wasn't even ready for it. Wasn't even ready for it at all. Not at all. Not even an inch ready for that. It hurts and it's painful when people try to rush you to do stuff. So I'm struggling mentally and spiritually. Keep in mind it's COVID, so many people weren't gonna attend the service. And um to plan your own mama funeral, my God, is like the most heaviest and painfulest thing that I had to ever do. To write your mama obituary was the most painful thing that I had to do. Couldn't find nobody. I had somebody who did it, but 
the time frame that needed to be done needed to be done on that particular day. So I had to go through and go through pictures, crying now, in pain, writing the obituary, putting it all together, struggling so hard to get it done and have it be printed out. Trying so hard to stay strong, but yet breaking breaking apart in the whole process. Then after that all done, I had to go get my mama clothes. Shoes. That was the most devastating thing any child had to go through. They had to pick out your mama clothes and the shoes and the garments to wear to put on her in the casket. And to be able to speak at her funeral was even more harder. But I was like, Lord, give me strength. This is who Remarkable is. This is what I had to deal with. This is what I had to face. It was hard. It was painful. People say, be strong. I couldn't be strong that my queen was not here. My mama, my best friend was not here. The woman that always protected me was not here. And that killed me to the core. To the core. And to be able to walk in the chapel after it had been bombed and dressed up. Was the most painful and the hardest thing that I had to ever experience. To identify a body. The day of the funeral was even more harder. The service was maybe 35 minutes. It was streamed. I, the, the, the service is on my Facebook page. And um, once the service was all said and done, um, we took out, went out to the cemetery, of course. I lost it. I completely lost it. I completely lost it. Because what they said was that in the moment that they willed her casket, down six feet under. I screamed aloud of cry so hard. You can feel the pit of, in my soul. That hurt. That hurt me so bad. I didn't want to talk to anybody. I didn't want to deal with anybody. The one person contacted me was my cousin. To see it was I okay. And um, and I thank her for coming down. I much love for Remarkable. And reality really hit weeks later when the plaque was ordered and finally put on her grave. I can remember going out to the cemetery, crying my eyes out. Crying my eyes out because I miss her so much. I cried so bad for months. The grief was so overwhelming. The pain was so overbearing. I cried so bad that I ended up falling asleep. I cried so bad that I didn't even want to even deal with half the stuff I had to deal with. I was angry. I was upset. I was completely frustrated. What I'm trying to tell you is, I've been through obstacles and challenges, everybody. And 